somehow a cantaloupe had got put in the commode in the boys' bathroom. And undoubtedly, you were part of that operation. activity. Operation. Now, ladies and gentlemen, in the event that you have not been in an automobile since 1942, <laughs> we're going to show you how to fasten the seatbelt. Watch closely. Do this. To unfasten it, you do that. That seatbelt needs to be low and tight across your hips, just like the hot pink Speedo I'm wearing tonight when we get to the hotel hot tub. <laughs> Folks, you don't like the jokes of service tonight? Six ways out of this airplane. Feel free to use them. There's going to be two forward exit doors, two overwing window exits, and two rear exit doors. There's signs on the ceiling. There's disco lights on the floor. They're going to lead you to these exits. Now, the seat back pocket in front of you, it's a safety information card. You'll want to read it before you need it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard boot. Now, please make sure your seat back is in the upright position, your table is closed, and your seat belt is fastened. Buckle up and prepare for blast off, ladies and gents. Welcome back to the Ham Planet Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ham, and I just want to say thank you guys so, so much for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. And if you're not subscribed yet, Make sure to subscribe because I guarantee it'll put some good vibes into your life. Ladies and gents, we have quite the special episode today on the docket. And what better way to bring in the specialness with one of the most special people in my life, my beloved mother, Dr. Sandy Ham. Dr. Sandy Ham is, in fact, our featured guest today, ladies and gents, and could not be happier to have her on the show. Uh, what I like to do is give a little prelude, give a little context uh, before we hop right into the show. And y'all let me know. Do y'all like these preludes? Um, it's something I should keep doing. Let me know. Let me know. Because I do it for the people. And if the people want it, I'll deliver. So to give a little background on my mother, Sandy Ham, she grew up in a variety of cities across America growing up due to my grandfather, Papa Raj, being in the Air Force. She lived some in California, but she was primarily raised in Duncanville, Texas, which is a hop, skip, and a jump uh, from here. And if you know my mom, you know that she is a dentist. She has been a cosmetic dentist practicing in the DFW Metroplex for 30 plus years and during that time she has fixed thousands of smiles she has changed the confidence of thousands of people and um, she's done phenomenal work through her practice she's demonstrated excellence in dentistry and she really is an excellent example of what a uh, a leader is and uh, a female entrepreneur and a self-starter and a grinder and a hustler um, she's all that and more and you know she um, is a mother to two sons myself and also my big brother Chris she's also a grandmother to my daughter Hattie Kate and Chris's daughter, Charlie Rose. So she has absolutely fell in love with her grandson, Duty, and for good reason. Um, I mean, 
she's got to be happy. She went from raising me and Chris, which some might consider that to be an impossible task, to now having two beautiful, sweet granddaughters. And um, she's loving every minute of it. Definitely want to mention that she's got a birthday coming up on good old December 20th. That is Monday. Go ahead and mark it in your calendars and y'all make sure to show some love to Mama Sandy. We're at episode 50. Fired up. The best is yet to come. And we're just getting started. And with that being said, we're buckled and we're ready for show. Shall we head to my favorite planet in the galaxy? The planet of good vibes. 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 It's time! Alright, alright, alright. I love humanity. I think it's great. It's all good, man. I think the word you're searching for is Space Ranger. The Ham Planet Podcast. And with that being said, ladies and gents, we are blasting off into the galaxy of good vibes. In approximately five, four, three, two, and one. Top of the morning, folks. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome to Ham Planet Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ham. And if you are new to the show, I must say we are very thankful and honored to have you. To preface the show, we're all about three things here. Simple as that. Good vibes, great people, and glorious stories. And um, today we have one of the greatest people of all time. And she's a lady who needs no introduction. I'm not going to get all soft and teary-eyed, but it is the one and only world-renowned dentist, all-star mom, incredible human being, the one and only Dr. Sandy Ham. Let's give it up, ladies and gents. Thank you. Thank you. That was a really nice introduction. Thank you. Well, you're, you're very deserving of it, mommy. Well, very I appreciate deserving it. Of it. Um, so great to have you on the podcast and excited to dive right into it. So that being said, the first question I want to inquire about mama. Should I be nervous? Shouldn't you always be a little bit nervous when me and Chris ask you something? a little nervous with you and Chris asking me questions. Yeah. I mean, we get nervous when you ask us questions. We get really nervous. Well, that's because y'all usually don't answer them. Well, well, we have a great question here that I know you'll be happy to answer, Mommy. Okay, let's hear it. Um, Mom, where I'd like to start is I'd like for you to tell me about your childhood. You know, that's an easy question. I don't know anyone that could have possibly had as good a childhood as I did. I had two of the most wonderful parents I could ever imagine. 
I had two fantastic sisters. I lived in Duncanville, Texas, kind of a smaller town where you could ride your bikes, you could swing across the creek on a rope swing, you could walk to the store and buy penny candy. Penny candy? Penny candy. Is that around anymore? I don't think so. I think that penny candy now is probably a quarter. Yeah. But let me say, it was really bad for your teeth. So I spent a lot of time, as Aunt Dana did, in the dentist getting cavities and fillings. So maybe that's what and it propelled me to circle. be a dentist. Came full circle. But I had a wonderful childhood. Yeah. Uh, I went to great schools. I had great teachers, mentors. I was able to go to Texas A&M, go to college. And my parents were always very loving. Yep. But gave us freedom to branch out and do what we wanted to do. We weren't perfect. I mean, you know, I I made a few mistakes along the way. Not many, though. Not Uh, many. uh, Not too many. Bounce back. Bounce back well every time. Bounce back. So um, I look back on my childhood, and I just think how blessed I am to have such great parents. We are very blessed. And luckily, I've been blessed to have Grammy and Papa be a big part of my life, too. We're so lucky. And uh, it's crazy to think that they're great-grandparents now. They are great-grandparents, and they love being great-grandparents. And I think they do a pretty good job. I I saw Papa being horsey one day with Hattie. Yeah. Papa is 85? He's 86. He'll be 87 in January. He looks younger than that. That's why I'm cutting him some slack. We all have great genes. You are lucky. You're in that gene pool. I'm I'm thankful. You, thank, you thank should you. be thankful. Thank you, God, and thank you, Papa. Thank and you, Grammy. Papa. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Grammy. Well, Mom, that segues into my next question, which is, what are some traits or things about your personality or the way that you carry yourself that were instilled in you from Grammy? I think one of the best things that Grammy taught us when we were young, and I still think it carries over now, is she always told us to do more than is expected. And I think it started when I was, I don't know, 12, and I was babysitting. Right. And she said, when you go and babysit, you always leave the house totally clean when the parents get back. You open the dryer and see if there's clothes in there, and you fold those clothes. You open a dishwasher and see, are there clean dishes in the dishwasher? Put those dishes away. Yeah. Always do more than is expected. And I think that has carried over and helped me in my career, in school, and uh, a lot of areas of my life. I would say that's one of the Main yeah. things Grammy instilled, instilled in me at a young age. And she uh, still shows that today. I mean, even when we're having a meal. So she goes above and beyond the call of duty. She does. She always waited on us. Yeah. 
you know, it was never, here's dinner, this is what we're having, this is what you're going to eat. Every morning she was a short order breakfast cook. Yeah. And Dana would have every oatmeal. Monday, seven days a week? Every, we, we always had breakfast and dinner together. And Papa yeah. would have eggs and bacon and toast. I might have cream of wheat and Aunt Dana might have oatmeal. And she would fix whatever we wanted. We, yeah. we, were, we were spoiled. I know we were spoiled. Thank you, Grammy. Well, um, Grammy is probably the best chef in, in, te- in the world, in my opinion. Her cooking's unlike none other. But, Mother, you, not to put you on blast, but you, you're not the biggest chef in the world. But you, you, no. can, uh-huh. you, can, you can cook a great salmon or a blue, what's it called, blue oven? Blue apron. Blue apron. And you know, I'm, I'm, my, I'm most famous for my salads. That's what everyone, that's what I fix. I fix great salads. A sandy salad. The sandy is, salad. The VIP salad. The sandy salad. That's right. I, I, I can't cook like Grammy. Well, but most of hers is because of the love that goes with it. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of love. If, if, if you know Grammy, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this episode know who the sweet soul of Ann Stutzman is. She has um, got a loving, happy motor, and it's still going a million miles an hour. She's the Energizer Bunny. Yes, she is. Thank goodness. So, we spoke on Grammy, but how about Papa? What did Papa instill into you, Mom? Papa probably told me two things that have stayed with me for a long time, and Probably later on in life, when I was a dentist, dentistry is a very perfectionist type profession. Right. And in my life, I have a tendency to strive for perfection. And dentistry can be frustrating because is it ever perfect? Is the color 100% perfect? And sometimes I would get stressed with thinking, you know, can I do it better? Right. Can it be better? And sometimes you would strive and make things better and better, and you would end up worse than you were when you started trying to make it better. I know that feeling. It's, so one day Papa told me, he looked at me and he goes, Sandy, it's not a perfect world. Yeah, it's not. And many times I remember that. Right. So Papa told me that. And another thing he told me, which I would share this with my nieces and, and young women in life when I was kind of throwing a fit because I wanted to stay and see a guy when I was in college. Yep. And Papa said, well, you know, I don't think that's going to work out. I think you're going to come home with us. And when he got home, he said, Sandy, if a young man wants to see you bad enough, it does not matter how far or what it takes. Yep. He will make it happen. And, uh, you know, Papa didn't give a lot of advice, especially on a young college girl's love life. Yeah. But Papa told me that when I was young, and I think he's right, and I would share that with other young women. And, uh, you know, Grammy telling me 
do more than expected, and it's not a perfect world. I would think I those think, are three good things that I was taught that I have think, stuck with me. I think those are great uh, life lessons and mentalities. I think that shows one of your um, traits or mentalities that has really instilled in me and in Chris, which is going off, it's not a perfect world, is that it's okay to live in a question. You know, yes. And uh, that yep. was something that that I that I heard, and and that, that is good. Sometimes you do have to live in the question, and that's okay. Right, yeah. Because if it's not clear, I think Sharon told me this recently, which, you know, Sharon. Yeah, sh- I, shout out Sharon. Sharon, who's great. Who's, who's We love Sharon. Hopefully he'll be on the podcast. Well, if you could get Sharon, he's an amazing, amazing person. I know he is. And he said a lot of times when the answer is not clear, you wait. If the answer is not clear, just wait. Right. And uh, he told me that recently. And uh, it's great advice. Yeah. I think um, it gives you time to process things. Gives you time to think about the big picture. A lot of advantages. A lot of advantages. Well, so many times you try to push it. Right. And I'm and I'm the world's worst because I want it fixed and I want it clear and I want to know what to do and I want to go to that. Yep. And sometimes it it just isn't that easy. So I thought that was great advice when he said if the answer's not clear, you need to wait. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So going off of um how you said you're a perfectionist, mom. I'm getting better though. I'm much better than I used to be. When was it at your peak? I think early in my career. Right. Early in my career as a dentist, because dentistry is a very, you have a very little room. There's very little leeway. Yeah. It's, I mean, millimeters and. Millimeters and half a millimeters and point zero one millimeters. And it's, uh, and I think when I was in my career younger, striving Mm -hmm. to be better and be the best and I think that's when I was aware I think I'm much better having children and grandchildren and having life experience and and um, realizing you lose people you love you care about um, yep you know it's, it's it's not a perfect world it's not but it's great it's not and I think um, having that view that hey it's great even though we are living in the question is something that can keep keep your passion burning bright, keep keep you level headed, because it, it's it's defeating always striving for perfection, and I mean having that as your absolute goal, you know. Well, the other thing is, um, and I had a meeting with my great associate uh, Nicole Grant. Yesterday. Shout out Dr. Grant. She's great. And, uh, and you know, I, I told her, I said, you know, one of the things that I try to help you with, I've done everything wrong. Everything? I mean, it, w- when you have a business, there's not anything that, that that's how you learn. Right. And, and it's okay. It, you, I think you need to know at a young age 
just like if you're raising children, like you are. Yeah. You're child. not going to... Child. As of now. Child. Child. But it's okay. You know, you're going to do things wrong, and you're going to grow from that. Right. And that's important to know. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the easier you can kind of set the emotions aside, set the emotions aside and process exactly what you did, what you could have done better, how you could have done things better, is when you really grow. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Well, I'm a, I'm far from perfect and got a hell of a lot of work to do, but we're, we're getting there day by day, Mama. You know, I'm so proud of you and Chris. You know, what you've achieved through school and your careers and and the way you parent your daughters and we do I, love we do love our daughters. And we're big. We love we're that won't be girl daddies. Yeah, girl daddies. Girl daddies. I love yeah. my girls. Thank yeah. you for both of for I'm thankful for both of them. So you went from having two sons. Yes. To having two granddaughters now, Mom. Yes. Hattie Tate, Charlie Rose. Yes. So what what would you say, obviously being a grandmother and a mom is different, but um, yes. what can you say are some of the things you've observed that are different from raising boys to raising girls? Well, of course, you know, Charlie's still young. Right. And, you know, most of my older interaction, of course, is with Hattie. Yeah. And... Um, that, that that's that's a good question. You know, that's a that's a great question. I think girls are a little more attentive to maybe grandmothers, mm-hmm. where they'll sit a little still and they'll read and maybe they play on their own a little bit better. Uh, you know, you and Chris had a lot of energy. Y'all were outside a lot, but you were able to go outside and play. You could go out in the front yard, and I mean, there wasn't traffic and play with the neighbors. Right. And I think I've noticed, um, you know, maybe being with Hattie, she she likes that one-on-one. She likes being with Grand Sand. Right. We she a, loves the one-on-one. We, That's when she's her, her, her best, honestly. And I she's, mean, she's great at all times. Yes. But uh-huh. she's definitely most present. I wouldn't say her happiest, but she's always, you know, very, very engaged, very joyful when it's one-on-one whether it's with you me kaylee who knows i mean um when she has that one-on-one she just kind of is so joyful and sometimes a lot of people being around her can be stressful so well i think with girls different than boys yeah they're a little calmer and they will sit there i mean you know you and chris were i mean you wouldn't sit there and color for five minutes i was oh no, you would want to go outside. That's true. Y'all want to put on costumes. You want to go and pick up sticks and, you know, hit each other, or play swords. Yeah. I mean, girls are maybe a little calmer. I think that's the main difference. Definitely are a little calmer. So, Mom, um, Hattie and Charlie Rose, I know they've brought us and our entire family and everyone who knows them so much happiness. And I want to know, Mom, 
outside of Hattie or Charlie Rose coming into your life, what is a cherished moment in your life where you were just so happy that you'll never forget? Well, if, I mean, of course, I, I think the obvious thing is when you have your own when you when you have your own children. Of course, Chris was the first one, right? And you, you know, you have this baby, and it's just. It's, it's you're full of joy you're full of you don't know what to do and luckily I had help from Grammy but I think no. in your life when you realize that you have a child that's I, I would say probably like most parents is that's one of your most cherished things and the responsibility you feel to make sure this child is loved and taken care of and protected is is just it's just an overwhelming a time of joy yeah and um even though it was very joyous i know we kind of they were both kind of semi-traumatic births if i remember i i know chris was chris was on an earthquake oh chris yeah he He was was born october 17th 1989 during the san francisco earthquake and i've had some complications with him i mean not with him but with me but yeah it it was fine and, uh, you know, y'all were just both big, big boys. And then with me, there was some... Just just a little moment where you turn mo- blue for a few minutes. Turn blue. Turn blue. That's not good. <laughs> that wasn't good, but you know what? We, we you know, A little oxygen fixes everything. It really does. Yeah. So they just put me in like a... They just take you away real pill, quick. And pill capsule in oxygen things. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not uncommon. And both y'all were just so big that you were so sturdy. So. Why are we so big? Why are we so big, Mom? You know, Dad's a. I don't know. He's an athlete. He's a shorter guy. I, he's, he's medium. He's medium. But Chris and I. Chris is 6'3, Dad bod. Me, dad bod. Chris warrior, said that he handsome, does. Chris strong. told me he did not have a dad bod. Ladies and gentlemen, do you think Christopher Ham has a dad bod? Let us know in the comments below. Okay, that's good. Vote yes or no. <laughs> Is dad bod the same as golf bod? Is that about the same, or how does that work? I, I'd say it's the same. Okay. I'd okay. say you could. Okay, I didn't know. I'd say you can. Have a golf bod and not have a dad bod. Really? Yeah. Like Tiger? Like Tiger. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We, we, we want to avoid any dad bodage getting out of control. That's definitely. But why y'all are so big? Of course, you know, it goes back to diet with the, the hormones and the food or whatever. And supposedly, your grandmother. Mimi's brothers were big. Okay. So, did it spill over to that? I I don't know. Y'all, at some point, got very tall. We did. Mm -hmm. We did. Mm -hmm. We look like that, though, so. You do look like that. No worries there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, Mommy. Well, scooting and booting right along. So now, Mom, you are, you know, the best dentist in the world, in my opinion. You're prejudiced. You're keeping Texas smiling, keeping Mansfield smiling, always giving everyone a reason to smile. But 
if we rewind the clocks many, many years, you weren't many, a dentist. Okay. You were working at McDonald's. I, I did. I did when I was... How was your time working at McDonald's, Mama? You know, when I was 15, of course, I babysat early on. I've always worked. And what year was this? This was when I was 15. I started working at... And now a word. from our sponsors. Howdy there, ladies and gents. It's your good friend, Commercial Break Peter. Here to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Unify Commerce. Say it with me now, Unify Commerce. Yes, guys, that is spelled U-N-I-F-I commerce.com. Guys, Unify is in fact my company. And I thought I'd go ahead and plug them on here so you guys can know a little bit of what I do outside of having a great time on the podcast. Guys, Unify is a social technology company that simply helps other companies take their social presence to the next level. Simple as that. And the primary service I want to highlight is professional video creation. Guys, if your company is in need of an exceptional video that shows what you do, why you do it, how you do it, and why it is so valuable, then Unify is here to help. And Unify can create an exceptional advertisement that can really help build awareness and drive sales for your company. We have been in business since the summer of 2018. And helping businesses grow and capitalize on the opportunities that social presence can offer is something we love to do. So if you need a next level video, you need a next level team on your side, and that is Unify. So guys, go ahead and visit unifycommerce.com if you want to learn more. And if you want to inquire about working with us, simply go to the work with us tab and we would love to connect. Anyways, y'all, back to the show. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Good Old Hand Planet podcast. Mom, we were discussing how your time was working at McDonald's and Dairy Queen. You know, I always worked since I was young. I transitioned from babysitting to Dairy Queen when I was 15. Okay. But I had to quit working at Dairy Queen because I gained 10 pounds because I ate ice cream with strawberries on top. I, I would gain probably 20. It was so good. And it was back then when Dairy, you know, Dairy Queen we was privately owned and the food was really made carefully and it was very good. And I learned how to make dilly bars and buster bars and milkshakes and spin the ice cream. So it was a great job. And the other thing is my friends worked there. Yeah. But then... Just curious, what was like your hourly wage back then? A dollar twenty-five. A dollar twenty-five. I was rich. The, bringing the big bucks for that. Because babysitting was about 50 cents an hour. Which okay. wasn't bad, but... Was that minimum wage? Oh, no. Below? No. Just... I didn't, we didn't even have a minimum wage. I didn't even know what minimum wage was. 
Yeah. And I was only 15, so I could they could pay me less. Did they actually not have a minimum wage back I, then? I'm sure they did. I think when I went to McDonald's... But they couldn't enforce... There really was no way to enforce it back in the 70s, right? Well, I'm sure there was. But then we opened... McDonald's opened. And all my friends worked at McDonald's. So I went to work at McDonald's. And it was so fun because it was really busy. And McDonald's had a huge team approach. Right. They actually educated you, too. You had to go and do McDonald classes when you were a new employee to learn all about the history, exactly how to do things. They were very rigid in their systems. Yeah. So it was a great job. I mean, just like maybe Chick-fil-A does now, why McDonald's is so successful. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if it's still like that, but their training program was was so good. You were proud of your job, and I made a dollar sixty-five an hour. So damn, you were rich. I was so rich. And that was at sixteen. That was at sixteen. Uh huh. So, a lot of the management and business principles that you carry today are, are from McDonald's. Would you say? Um, I don't know if I, I think I learned. I mean, I think I definitely learned from McDonald's, mm-hmm. but. Then after I worked at McDonald's, you know, I had a couple other jobs. I worked at Ben Franklin. And then I decided I was interested in dentistry, and I worked for probably one of the most important people that I would say that I've ever met in my life, and that was Rodney Teague, who was my mentor and my first dental employer that really set my standards very high as to business and to patient care and uh, quality of dentistry and just being an overall amazing person and rodney was in duncanville right? in duncanville yeah uh-huh. duncanville so was he the one who really sparked your fire yes. for dentistry yes i learned a lot he was such an incredible dentist he he and his wife were just just incredible people and uh, still i mean even last year i i had some questions and I, I still call him and I probably got some things now I need to talk to him about. He's yeah. a great mentor. He's just a amazing person and he was just such an amazing dentist and businessman. What were some of the things that he showed you or that he did that really made you fall in love with dentistry? Well, I think he showed me the fun side. Right. He was always smiling. He was always happy. He was always very. We're still we're going. We're still good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Little little, little pop up little came pop up, up, but we got it popped okay. away. He was always so good to uh, his his team, his or staff. Um, he just was a great example around everything right and um that that quote that you just mentioned is team i know you Mm -hmm. always make it a note to me Mm -hmm. you know to call you know a lot of people would say the staff or the employees you always say the team there because there is no way i could do what i do without having a fantastic team and I've had a team that many of them have been with me a long, long time. And yep. uh, 
those ladies are they're the best and there's no way i could do what i do uh without them it's impossible it would be impossible so if we could really quick just go in numerical order who's who's you know worked alongside the longest and then i think i know the rank can i try actually try it and you you tell me if i'm right you try yeah okay okay so the employee who's been right by your side for 29 years 30 years is beth mcclendon beth mcclendon the all pro hall of fame hygienist absolutely that has a new airstream trailer i saw it on sunday super cool congratulations super cool that's pretty sweet yes do we get uh some road trip tickets maybe so it's it's pretty fancy i uh i love a good road trip and i did introduce her to her husband jim so yep And and we love jim and we love jim most incredible lab technician there is it is and he's funny too and he's very funny and then after Beth, we have Heather or Delaney? We have Delaney. Delaney, and she's 20, a few Long, years less than Beth? or You know, Delaney uh, was, was Henry's girlfriend. Right. That's when I met her. In Duncanville. In Duncan. I met her. I met her because, you know, Henry was one of the most, you know, amazing people I know. We miss him. We miss him so much. Yes, and I think do. about him still. Yeah. But uh, Delaney and Henry married, and I was having a staff member that was out on maternity, and Delaney needed me to fix her teeth. So yep. she was going to work for teeth. You know, people work for food. Delaney was going to work for teeth. And this was leading up to her wedding? No, no, no. She was already married. She was already married. She was already married. And so... Work, Delaney work started. For, I'll, we'll work for teeth we'll work on for a teeth. sign. I could just see. That. We'll work for teeth. <laughs> but um, the other thing that was so wonderful about Delaney is her gift uh, to relate to people and to talk to people. And uh, yeah, she does have a knack for that. She was going to just do be a little temporary employee, just work for a, you know a few months. And uh, she's been with me full time for many years, and now she's part time. So so far, you're you're. You're two, two for two, Beth yeah. and Delaney. And then Heather. Then Heather. Yep. And Heather's... My dental assistant. 25 years. Heather uh, worked, and then uh, she was off for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while our kids grew up, and uh, she's working part-time. And then she was with another practice a little bit. And then Heather's back. Yep. Long time. Love, love Miss Heather. Love Miss Heather. She's... They just don't get any better. She's, she's, she is your right hand woman. She's, she's. Y'all always uh, either Heather or Miss Peggy, who's actually next. I would say so, right? No, you forgot someone. Oh, Martha. Martha. Martha, of course. Martha started working for me when she was out of hygiene school. Yeah, she was young when she, she was started. Twenty-two. She tells me now. I think she's. She was 40. twenty-two when she started. Yeah, I think now she says she's forty. I don't think she really is. She tells me she's forty-something, but I don't think she is. We think she's younger, right? She looks younger. She looks the same as she did when she was twenty-two. She does. She does. Martha's wonderful. 
Martha is, we love Martha. And then we have, then Peggy. Then we have Peggy. Mm-hmm. And Peggy's been with you 15? Uh, since 2008. So that would be 13? Uh-huh, but I've known Peggy for a long, long time. Was Peggy in dentistry before She's she... She's been in dentistry for a, a, a long, long, long time. And I'd say Peggy is a little bit of the general, right, around the office? Well, Peggy... Or maybe you're, maybe you're the general, but she's, you know, she, she keeps things in order. She's she keeps very she's, structured, detail-oriented. The good thing about Peggy is she has got a dual role. She's my, I would call her my... Uh, CFO of the practice because yep. she takes care of all the accounting, the bills, and she keeps the girls, the team in line when we had need to cut back a little bit on all of our spending. Yep. Because yep. now Heather told me that a box of gloves, which used to be $4.75, is like 12 bucks now. A box of gloves. Unbelievable. So, um, you know, it's real easy in a practice to, you know, have a bunch of stuff sitting on your shelves. And yep. most of our supplies are very expensive. We use the very best. Absolutely. And, you know, Peggy will sometimes say, okay, girls, uh, we got to reel it in this month. She keeps us, she's our CFO, which every company needs one. Every, every company does, in fact, need one. And a good one, too. The best. And then after that... Would be after Peggy. Then Probably Laura. Uh, Laura was a patient. Laura, Laura yep. was a patient. Laura. She started part time, and then she expanded to a very important role. One of the most important roles in the practice: uh, treatment Absolutely. coordinating, which uh, is really the liaison, but for the patients and. Uh, for their treatment, and so Laura came in and uh, took that over, really um, never been in dentistry before. Yeah. Does a fantastic job, and we added um, Raven, who started off as a sleep coordinator and uh, has has grown into a patient hygiene coordinator, and Sylvius is our our newest employee and yeah. uh we have ellie she's been great and then dr grant joined the practice oh, of course dr grant we're kind of we're skipping kind of skipping around she joined the practice uh, two years ago yeah. and uh her 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 main assistant even though we all work together is ellie yeah. so um so we've got just a fantastic team yeah and dr grant joining Joining the team has been has been big, and one thing one thing I love about Dr. Grant is she is uh, a member of our armed forces. She's in the reserves right now. She's in the army. She was there a month this summer. That's badass. She had her gun. She was outside the helicopter. And how many dentists do you know, ladies and gents, Mm -hmm. that can shoot a machine gun out of a helicopter and then? Go fix your veneers. That's right. Dr. Grant, Dr. Grant uh, can do it. is closing on her new house today in Mansfield. Congratulations, so she'll Dr. Grant. officially be a, a resident. Of, she and her husband, Eddie, will be in a, 
Mansfield resident. So that's exciting. That's super exciting. Well, you have a, a damn good team, Mom. You know, and they're, they don't get any better. They all match very... The, I know, you know, no team's perfect, but I feel like the team has a wide range of personalities and life experiences. Yes, absolutely. They all come from it's important. different walks of life. Mm-hmm. So y'all run a good operation over there. I must Thank give you. it to you, Mom. You know, we work at it all the time. Our yeah. main goal is that we provide the best care, the highest level for our patients. Absolutely. And that is a, a non-negotiable thing. Yep. I know you do, Mama. I like to say, the office of Dr. Sandy Ham. It's like the Ritz-Carlton of dentistry. Thank you. That's our goal. Y'all, y'all do it well, Mama. Thank you. So, scooting and booting right along, Mother. One major part of my life, as well as Mr. Christopher's life, mm-hmm. was that... Um, we took a little bit different route in regards to high school, and we went mm-hmm. to did. the Culver Military Academy, got mm-hmm. shipped off to the cornfields. I don't know that I would call it shipped. Shipped. <laughs> but... Um, you did fly there. It, we you didn't did. go on a boat. You did fly. Yep. We got flown off there. Okay. But, um, you know, you know, I love the experience, but... What I want to ask is, what was it like at that time, you know, sending sending your boys off to military school? What were the emotions like? What was the thought process like? Well, um, you, know, you, you, you know through Daryl that he had some clients and uh, a, a business associate uh, that he knew of Culver, which in turn uh, allowed me to hear of Culver Academy. And uh, Chris, who had always been an excellent student, a good athlete, um, overall, pretty good kid, was kind of faltering in some of his decisions. Yeah. When he was a freshman. Just having a little fun or mm, you know, a great. too far. I mean, this is, a, this is a student that's always been very good. Always stayed pretty well. Well, there are some activities that maybe I didn't feel were going in the right way. Yeah. And I told Chris. C- common at that age, I must say. I mean, that's a common very thing. fundamental common developmental thing. phase of everyone's life. Common thing. But it was going to be over my dead body that I was going to allow him, while I had any control, which I right. only had control till he was 18, Right. To give him ever opportunity to be on the best path. Because unfortunately, he had some friends that were on that path with him that really had a hard road. Now, would have Chris yes. continued on making some of those, uh, what I could call poor decisions? Because back then, it's peer pressure. Right. I don't know. And you are with who you surround yourself with. You are with who you surround yourself with. So I decided to make a little change, and I sent him to camp. At Culver. Uh, just just camp. Just camp. Start. It was six weeks, which I think he thought it was a week. Um, he was very mad at me. Uncle Gary took him to the airport, thank goodness. 
That's a good uh, neutralizer. It was a good neutralizer. Thank you, Uncle <laughs> Gary, for doing that. And uh, Chris, I wonder what that drive was like. Uh, I don't know, Chris. Was this was kind of back before you could have cell phones, and Chris was not very happy, which we all know the famous email about Culver. I know, Summer I know camp. it. I know, we read I it know at it. his. We read it at his wedding. It was very good. Just to key in the audience, could you just? Highlight a few cliff notes from that note. Well, Chris was at a, a camp for six weeks that to me was a leadership camp. Culver uh, Military Academy summer camp. Summer camp, which you look back on it, was pretty fun. But to him, he had just gone to hell. Marching. He, marching. Folding, cleaning, scrubbing. Scrubbing. Scrubbing the shitters. Had to, he had to wear a certain outfit. He had to make a bed a certain way. And one of our first phone calls that I was in Montana, I remember distinctly, Chris said, Mom, you need to come get me. I have a butt rash from marching so much. I need you to come get me. And this is the gentleman, Mr. Mayfield, that you need to call and come get me. You must come get me. You must come get me because I have a butt rash from marching so much. And I said, don't they have Desiden that we could maybe put between those cheeks and you won't have a butt rash? Honestly, he, he could he could have thought of some if if he want, that goes to show that his, his mind needed it at that time because he could have come up with something better. And I had never been to Culver, so I didn't know exactly. Now, I had been there a hundred years, but he told me, "Mom, everyone here is from Mexico and from uh, South America, and all of their parents are drug dealers." And I need you to come get me because that's why all these kids are here. They're, everyone's a drug dealer. All the kids here, their parents are drug dealers. And there are guard towers here at Culver. And they, the people are up there and they have guns. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as we know, Culver is a very privileged life. It's a good school. It's a beautiful academy. I mean, it's, it's a very d- disciplined environment. but um, Disciplined? There's no no one. There's no one in watchtowers. With there's guns no one in watchtowers, no and they are not drug dealers. No, there's not cartel. No, the cartel did not send their kids there. So as we worked through this that summer, and uh, Chris somehow had a change of heart, and he decided that maybe he would uh, like to go, not there, but maybe somewhere like that. Oh, okay. So, so he initially did, wanted to. He was open to just. Maybe something different. Okay. And, of course, I had Mr. Best at the time meet with him, which I don't know that he knew I set that up. At the time, I did. And uh, he thought he'd be a good candidate because I I didn't know. And uh, kind of the rest is history. Chris went. And uh, I don't know. He'll be the first one to tell you. It's probably his favorite place that he ever went educationally. Oh, absolutely. And... uh, he did great. He was able to go to Oxford one summer. He got to play all the sports he wanted to. Yep. And then I felt with you yep. that it was only fair that Chris had this fabulous opportunity. Right. Which all of his friends said, Petey must go and he must go four years. Because a lot of us just went three. Right. And you were trying to say, no, Mom, I want to be like Chris. I just want to go three years. Yep. And I said, well, you go a year, 
and you can always come back. But I wanted you to have the same opportunity Chris did. Now, you had kind of uh, fallen off the wagon with a few shenanigans your eighth grade year. We're, we were having some fun. We were, you know, I've always, been a, I've always been a funny guy. I've always been up in the commode. Uh, oh, what, what happened there? Well, as I recall, who was it? The I call wonder me? what you do, do recall from that. I do recall, what was his name? The assistant principal? Mr. Hodgson. Mr. Hodgson, yes. See it. Love it. Love to see it. Back to the show. Alrighty, ladies and gents. Welcome back to the good old Ham Planet podcast. We were uh, speaking on giving some context to the audience, Mom. And we were talking about my last day in Mansfield, Texas, as a student. And my last day in eighth grade at Western Middle School. Take yes. it away, Mommy. Well, Mr. Hodgkins, of course, he'd called the office a few times over the last few months, but this one was somehow a cantaloupe had got put in the commode in the boys' bathroom. And undoubtedly, you were part of that operation. activity, operation. Now, there was, was a one-man operation. <laughs> okay. Well, and there was also some, some boy stuff, you know, on the wall, you know, I guess... You know, maybe boys doing... We drew some drew dicks some. with shaving cream. Well, no, I think this was actually peeing on the wall of the bathroom. Oh, well, yeah, there's... I didn't know about that. So I didn't know about the shaving cream. We just... Anyways, to, to give some even more context to the reasoning behind this blasphemous behavior. It was, uh, yes, it was not good. So, as um, a lot of you know out there... I love making people laugh. I love making people smile. But um, when I was a younger fellow, a younger laddie, sometimes, you know, I would just go a little bit too far mm. to get that laugh and to get that chuckle. Mm-hmm. And when you combine that mentality with the additional mentality of, hey, this is my last day ever. In this school, we're going out with a bang, baby. I, um, not a smart bang, looking not back no on smart it. Bang. But, um, I remember that morning, I had all my books in my bag, and I was like, you know what? I'm, th- <laughs> I'm throwing these out, put them in the trash, I'm just gonna throw every random object from the pantry into my bag. <laughs> And really? We'll see and what you took a, And you took a cantaloupe from the house. I took a cantaloupe. I never I'm knew sorry. where that cantaloupe. I owe you a cantaloupe. I never knew where that cantaloupe came from. And it was, it was just complete idiotic, idiotic action and just, what a dumbass when I, when I look back at it. But I was trying to be funny. and um, I'm sure your friends thought it was funny, but your mom didn't think it was they funny. Didn't think, they did think it was really funny. Um. So, we had advisory, which was like our 30-minute block that we'd have in the morning where we're the same group of kids, you say the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, you get ready for the day. Mm-hmm. And right when I went in there, I was like, yeah, I need to go to the bathroom. And I took my backpack, and I'm like, all right, let's, um, let's raise some hell. <laughs> 
Well, you had had unfortunately a, you had had a few and other escapades that also weren't good. We just to, just to put a bow on this this escapade. I okay. know we have probably thousands to dive into, um, but I w- I went to the bathroom and got the cantaloupe, put it in the toilet, jumped on it a few times. I was a big boy. I was 200 pounds. So a nice hard jump on a cantaloupe. It was in there. And uh, all the kitchen items, spices, shaving cream. I never heard this story before. I'm got glad a little to crazy. finally hear it. Got I'm glad cra- to finally hear it. Got a little crazy with it. Okay. Got a little crazy with it. And um, when I was walking out of the bathroom, this one kid. One kid out of the whole school who didn't like, who didn't like me, at least to my knowledge. For the most part, you know, I'm a man of the people. I was mm-hmm. on good terms with almost everyone. If I wasn't on good terms with you, I try to be on good terms. Because I didn't want you to get me in trouble or I wanted you to be my friend. One of the two. So. I was your mom. You were my mom. Mm-hmm. And a phenomenal mom who didn't teach me this. To do this blasphemous action but um yeah the one kid who didn't like me walked in immediately as i'm walking out and that he was just like that was i just saw a sparkle in his eye right when he walked in because i knew i was like oh here we go of course my luck the one kid who doesn't like me everyone else is in their classroom right now walked in and he immediately told on me and the rest is history. Yeah. I had to do um, burpees basically the rest of the afternoon. And then I had to leave early. And then I had to come back for the next two days. Yeah, even though school final. was out, you had to go back. So I was the only kid there. School was closed. The teachers were there grading the finals. But unfortunately, little weasel Peter had to come back in and take all the tests and I, I just remember every final look at because like the teachers they always liked me they knew I wasn't like a dumbass or they knew I wasn't too crazy and they knew I was going to Culver so they were just like really man like you could have done something better which looking back on it it was just like not a good not a good move not a good look but we live and learn we live and learn and um your kids and hopefully will yeah, you'll get Hattie, to deal with if the you're same. listening right now which i know you're going to be listening to this one do not take any cantaloupes to school that's correct don't do it don't do it she wouldn't do it she's too she good won't. she's she, perfect she, she's a sweetheart she's an angel it, i have great confidence in her not being a troublemaker like i was at times but, you know, going back to Culver and why I sent you there, it, yeah. it was very hard. It was, it was, it was very hard because I knew nothing about boarding school. I, mm-hmm. I knew nothing. I never planned on it. But it was such an environment I saw of, uh, of discipline, of, uh, of safety. I mean, you know, you couldn't drive, which... Was an had, element, had its advantages. Had its advantages. It was a smaller town. Uh, I think your education was superior. And I think the one-on-one uh, 
thing you got with the teachers and you were able to do sports and activities that that, that maybe you wouldn't have done in Mansfield. Right. Um, and the people you met and the opportunities you had. I mean, you went to um, Argentina. Chris went to Oxford. I mean, things like that. And uh, that's where you got introduced to rugby. Probably met one of the most influential people in your life, Coach Coach Daryl, Coach Knowlton. Absolutely. Coach Knowlton. Coach Knowlton. Changed my life. No doubt about it. And... Uh, and, and, and playing rugby, and uh, I think Chris's best friends to this day are his Culver guys. So Same here. It was something that was new to me. I think I was much better at it when you were there because with Chris, I still had you at home, so I had to balance more. With you, as you recall, during rugby season, I don't think I hardly missed a game. I think yeah. I'd leave Sunday, and I'd be back you know, Thursday or Friday, and I think you turn around and go, you're back? And uh, yeah. I, I was there quite a bit. So um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed your Culver days. I got on a plane every Thursday or Friday, flew yeah, to yeah. Indy, jumped in a rental car, and drove two hours to Culver. Something through rain, sleet, snow. Anything. You were there, Mom. I was there. Which I got a lot of respect for because you not only were seeing your sons every weekend, or at least every other weekend, even though they're hundreds and hundreds of miles away, you're also running a business. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you were just being Sandy Ham, which well, that's three full-time jobs. Well, there were two two things that were the most important to me, and that was you and Chris. And I was there to hopefully help you get a good foundation that y'all could be good men. Absolutely. Good fathers. Good husbands. Absolutely. And um, Culver taught us a lot about exactly how we should do that. I think it did. I would, uh, it, it's a, it's an amazing place. And for people that probably never heard of it, um, all you have to do is step foot and walk around. It's an 1,800-acre campus and see it and see the history and the tradition. And it, it, it was a wonderful place. And I would do it again. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. So, Mom, that segues into my next question, which is, what was it like being a rugby mom? Because rugby, as many of you know out there in the audience, it's a violent game. I mean, you have no pads. You have, you know, no protection, really. You are tackling each other violently, and it's 80 minutes of nonstop action um mom so what was it like being a being a rugby mom seeing your son throw himself into such a crazy violent game that you really knew nothing about when i first got into it really um i knew you told me you you had always been a football guy you were always going to play football and then you said no i'm not going to play football and i know i probably said well why not you've always played football you got to play football i played football since second grade i know and then you said no i'm going to quit and i you go i'm going to play rugby and i think there was a time when you were kind of deciding am i going to do lacrosse or i'm going to do rugby you're going to do a spring sport and you go i'm going to do rugby and i i I didn't know anything about rugby i think i'd heard of it but i i had no idea so i had to learn 
all the lingo. I had to learn everything. I just sat there many times and closed my eyes when y'all are piling up and seeing your friends with ears pulled off and collarbones and blood. And, you know, luckily you didn't have any major injuries. Yeah, I've, I've never, never had anything that I'd really mark as extremely substantial injury rise come from rugby. I, in wrestling, I you did tore have my PCL. Yes, we did an MRI. Uh, wrestling was a little weird. Well, it's it's completely different. And there's guys in spandex wrestling. I mean, it is a little weird. It's a little I, different. I, I did it, though, for Coach Nolton. Coach Nolton, you know I did that for you. You know, wasn't the big, biggest fan of it. I liked running... Running the rock and tackling people and being on a, a team. You were always a very good, you know, I think a good leader and a good team person. And I think Culver probably helped you do that as you, you know, were, uh, um, what was your company? Um, company B? Company, gear well, you were, you were. You, infantry? You were infantry, but you were, when you graduated, what was your position? Um, battalion commander. Battalion commander. Yeah, that's what I meant. And Second highest rank in the yeah, school. Yes. And uh, I think your leadership skills doing rugby and doing battalion commander, I think that really helped you in college. But being a rugby mom, it was fun. Rugby games, once you get it, are very fun. The guys are great. The camaraderie and yeah. all. Pers- there's a lot, always a lot of characters and personalities. There on, is. On a rugby team. There because is. the beautiful thing th- that rugby gives to a lot of the players is. You're around people from all over the world. Yes. From South Africa to Australia to Switzerland to Argentinians, uh, Mexicans, the Canadians, the whole nine yards. So Happy. You, you had your yeah, Frenchmen. To, to the French, to the Englishmen. I mean, you name it. There, There's a rugby player from there. And... Um, the great thing about rugby is that you have to learn how to not only, you know, function with these different personalities and characters, but you have to know how to function well and, and win and become a team. It was and fun love being each other. a rugby. It was fun being a rugby mom. It was fun when I used to watch Chris play basketball and baseball and i mean i love i've always loved sports our family's always been a big sports family and um um i loved being a rugby mom for four i guess eight years oh no seven years well you're you're still technically a rugby mom but i know it's not the same not the same but it was fun yeah so you never were like oh no my son's going out there again well, I remember. Dear Lord Jesus, I yeah, keep well, them safe. Yes, yes. There were a few times you, you know, you would kind of, as a mom, go, "Is he okay? Is he going to get up?" And uh, Coach Knowlton, you know, he would yell at you a lot. And I remember once I was at the airport. Those yells got me up. I Even know. I'll be blackout, bleeding, hurting like hell, needing a gallon of water. And if I heard Petey, I just. Resurrected, Coach no Jones. matter what. He's he got that great. power. He called me once from the airport because I guess he'd really yelled at you in one game about whatever. 
And he called me. He goes, hey, Sandy, I just wanted to call you, tell you I'm sorry. I, I, I probably did overboard with yelling at Petey today at the game. And I, I just – and I'm like, hey, that's between you two. And I Don't never, worry about me. I never came to you and said, like, no, hey, if he no. coached yelled at me too much. No. and uh, Never. No, no, no. And he, he just – I said, hey, you, y'all got a good though. relationship. Call he called me. I was, I was at Indy Airport and – he said, I'm sorry. I, I, I kind of went overboard today yelling at Petey. I'm just sorry. And I'm like, hey, that's between y'all. And, you know, that's fine. Whatever y'all do is between uh-huh. y'all. Because I know that you have his best interest at heart. And Absolutely. he always did. He always did. He always did. We, lo- we love you, Coach. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. He's been on the podcast. He has. It was great. He was I episode loved, 19. Yeah, I loved hearing him. He's... Um, I'd say one of the three most influential men in my life. Yes. I know you've said that. Yeah. He's up there. All right, Mama. So shifting back the clocks yet again, what was it like growing up in the 70s? Well, of course, we didn't know any different. I mean, the 70s were great. I mean, I wasn't a, you know, drug, rock and roll crazy kid you know you Woodstock, a I want a hipster um yeah I mean we listened to Led Zeppelin were you a good old southern gal or were you somewhere in between no I, th- I, I think um the 70s were I mean we had the best uh, we did have the best music we had the best music we had the, we were very into our music I think growing up in the 70s yeah we were very big with our music y'all danced a lot we did you know, we would have school dances. I mean, I don't think we danced a lot. And those were a big a deal, right? Yeah, but you would have a you would have a homecoming dance. You would have maybe a Valentine's dance. So, yeah, back then, we we even had dances. I think in sixth or seventh grade, we had a, a place that had where you would dance. So I think the seventies. One of the main things is our music. Okay. Uh, we'd go to movies. I mean. Just it was just being, um, being a 70s guy. Being a 70s, you know, we had our bell bottoms and, you know, some of the clothes looking back. We were very, very short skirts, very short. Not you, though. I, I did. Aunt Mother? Bet, Aunt Bet made me 13 dresses my freshman year, and I went and stayed with her and washed dishes. And her deal was as short as I wanted them, she'd make them. Aunt Bet? She encouraged that behavior. No, she just was okay with it because that was the deal back then. You wore short dresses. Was Grammy okay with that? Well, Grammy wasn't there. So Aunt Bet made the dresses how I wanted them. So is Aunt Aunt Bet in general, was she a little bit more laid back compared to Grammy? Or not as... um, you know. Well, she was my aunt, so she right. could be... Oh, so yeah. it's like Aunt Dee, Dee to me. It's like Aunt Dee, Dee. You know, your aunt's not your mom, so, you know, she can... Uh, she said, she can be your aunt. Yeah. She can She can border a little bit, you know. Absolutely. On the yeah, edge. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes me edge. think of Aunt Dee, Dee. Aunt Dee Dee's definitely the aunt on the edge. She's the aunt on the edge. And we love Aunt Dee, Dee. We do. Yeah. We yeah. love her a lot. Aunt Dee, Dee. Yeah. She's a good, good She's little good. sister to you and great a good little aunt sister, to me. great aunt to you. And yeah, Aunt Dee's great. Okay, Mom. So, scooting and booting right along. I'm going to go through each decade, and I'd like for you to give me just a one sentence 
recap of what your most cherished moment was. I know it's probably hard to That's narrow it down. Hard. Okay, on the fly here. Let's try right. it. So do we start with the 1920s? I'm just kidding. That's awesome. She's born in the uh, 80s, actually. 30, what is it, 37 now, Mom? It's actually 1957. 1957. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll dive into uh, age and health here in a sec, but okay. So, 1960s. What was your most cherished moment of the 60s, Mom? Well, the '60s, I was in I was in grade school, and it was. Is there anything you remember? I know that's way way back there. I probably remember being in fifth grade and uh, being in California at Howard Wolf Elementary. Probably maybe had my first kind of crush a little bit, and we used to square dance, and I had a great teacher, and I was a good student. And first kiss happened. No, in the no, 60s? no, 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 no. No, the We're not no, kissing. I don't think. No, 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 yeah. no. But um, I loved living in California in the '60s. What city? We lived in Torrance. We lived at Edwards Air Force Base, and then we lived in Torrance. But mainly Torrance, going to school there. Torrance is nice. Fourth and fifth grade, um, especially fifth grade, was special. Yeah. It was just had a great teacher. We had a lot of activities, and it was fun. Yeah. Torrance. Uh I liked it. It's nice. I don't remember it being nice because, of course, we lived in a little house. Well, it's, it's it's nice now, or at least it, it was nice three years ago. It might have changed. I don't it, know. It was close to the beach, and I had a lot of friends. And I love I love Cali. I love Cali. Mm-hmm. It's just you know they got eight dollar gas eight dollar gallons of gas. All the uh, extra. Extra stuff, you know. Yes, I love Cali. Love Cali, though. Beautiful, mm-hmm. one-of-a-kind state. Yes. Okay, so we've got the 60s. What about the 70s, Mom? What was your most cherished moment of the 70s? Well, the 70s, I would, I think, graduate from high school, being in high school with all the fun of high school, and then going to A&M. And then I went you got to one, school. Do you have one specific moment where you're like, I really remember that from the 70s? There, there was no. I don't think so. I don't think there's one specific thing because there was so, so much happened in the '70s. You're right. From going from high school to college, to I mean, it was just, it, it was just a great time. Because that was from you were 21 up until you were 30, right? No, the '70s. I graduated in 1976, and I was 18. Oh, okay. You're making me a little older. I'm, you know, I'm jumping around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got the 70s. So many cherished moments, we can't even choose. What about the 80s, Mom? Well, the 80s, I got married to Dad. Yeah, I'm married. And I... So that's why I'm here. That's why he's here. Thankfully. Yes. And I went to dental school. I think the biggest thing in the 80s is that's when I went to dental school. I picked my career. Yeah. That's that's a big moment. Yeah. That's a big mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, Chris was born in the 80s. But I, yeah, Chris it, was born in the 80s. If you didn't choose dentistry, who knows? Maybe you wouldn't have had kids. That's sparking another question in my head, but we'll keep moving. So Okay. Cherished moment of the 90s. 
Well, of course you were born. Of course I was born. 1994, and I think... The 90s were special. I think the 90s was, yeah. I think cherished moment of the 90s would be you. I love it. Building my practice. And Chris's birth was a very cherished moment of the 80s. We'll, yes. We'll give him credit. 89, he was at the end, though. He was at the end. October, he the so he's one. almost the 90s. Okay, so 2000s. 2000s, I think uh, starting the 2000s, I was able to start doing a lot of traveling, going places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going places. You got out of tech. You, you started you, traveling. You slapped your wings a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I think the travel. Yeah. And then the 2010s. That sounds so lame compared to saying the 70s or the 60s. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I think that that was kind of a transition time of... Uh, so many things. Of I did a new practice. I, I moved to Mansfield in 2008. So kind of, even though it wasn't a new practice, it was it was that time. Um, you were, you know, in high school. Yep. And uh, Chris was in college. And it was that, that whole thing of and kind of a transition thing. Yeah. Chris was in high school, then I was in high school, then Chris college, then me college. Right. And then me in high school and Chris in college at the same time. Yes. I feel like that was probably a lot. Those were some big checks. Ooh. Thankfully, scholarship a little bit. Um, mm, (laughs) I don't recall that, but maybe. Financially, I I did have some sort of something. Wasn't a complete deadbeat. Um, shout out Baylor. Baylor great, was great. Great school. Great school. They they do offer a wide variety of scholarships and financial aid. So I always encourage all of our younger audience to take advantage of that stuff. Yes, Baylor was great. I enjoyed Baylor. I enjoyed, you know, Chris went to SMU, was close. Mm. Don't know about SMU. Ole Miss was fun. SMU is a little, it's, it's a little, little bougie. A little bougie. A little bougie. A little bu- we love the Pony Express. It's, it's, a little bougie. You know, Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big money. A lot of uh, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, and a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. Shout out SMU. Pony mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So we. We're speaking on how you really began to travel the world, Mom. And I did travel in the starting probably in the two thousands more than before. Yeah, and I know today I would consider you one of the most well traveled people that I know that I've, I've ever known. I've been fortunate to to go a lot of places, and I have friends all over, so I've been able to get to hang out with my friends. And so, what are Three of the most incredible places you've ever visited, Mom. Well, we we all love Flathead Lake, right? Of course, we 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 do. We, you know, it's just let's let's give uh, city Flathead. and state just to give context. Uh, Polson, Montana. Polson, Montana. Um, I think definitely the Amalfi Coast in Italy. I and I'm going back uh, this this year for a month. And I'm going with you. Uh, I, we may have to discuss that, but I do have. Let my us know friends if you want coming. me to go in the comments below. I do have a 
Yeah, I do have my friends uh, planning a uh, month-long trip to Italy. I think Italy is, you know, one of the greatest places. Um, there's a lot of places I want to go in the United States. I, I think another big city that I always loved, too, was Rome. Yeah, oh yeah. So much history and just... Hawaii. You know, I told Hattie I'm going to take her to Honolulu. We're going to go see Puff the Magic Dragon in Honolulu, Kauai. That would be pretty awesome if you honestly get that, get that checked off the bucket gonna, list. Yeah. I, you know, Hattie likes that song. Yep. Puff the Magic Dragon. Puff the Magic Dragon. That's my girl's song. We got a lot of, a lot of goats running. Ooh, that looks like Ireland. Maybe it is Ireland. You've been to Ireland. I sure have. I, I uh, kiss the blind stone after throwing a no, fit. No, you threw a fit. No, no I you still did it. You didn't kiss it because Chris told you that you were well, going to die me, or something. Right. I don't think you kissed it. So going to that point, Chris did a lot of aggravating jo- jokery. Yeah, aggravating would aggravating. be a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And um, what? So Chris did a lot of aggravating, Mom. What was your approach on diffusing it? Well, a or lot of it. Diffuse? A lot of it I didn't know about. Yeah. You know, because you you weren't a huge tattletale. Y'all didn't run down no, and tattle. No, no, never have been. And, you know, it was you and Hunter, and then Garrett and Chris. Yeah. So. Well, we grew up with a mentality: snitches get stitches. Oh, okay. Well, if you tell on someone, you don't get it. Well, which is that a good mentality, Mom? Or I, I just don't remember y'all. Peter the line. Do I the think, right thing. I think Chris aggravated you a lot more than I knew. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was just some of it was brotherly love, and hopefully now you're getting him back. Honestly, I'm not getting him back. Honestly, I uh, I take great satisfaction in knowing that you know what. I could get you back, Chief. You could get you back. I could. I thought you did. But I love you so much that I know if I get you back, it ain't going to be pretty. So I spare him. You love him. And I do love him. You know that I have lunch with Grammy and Aunt Dana and Aunt Dee Dee in four minutes. I know you do. I know you do. I know. Well, Mama, um... I just got a few last quick things to hit on. Okay. Even though I know we could probably go for hours and hours upon hours. Maybe we can. And um, I want to ask a simple question. What makes Sandy Ham happiest? What makes Sandy Ham happiness? I think being with... Um, happiness. I think being with the people that I, I love and care about. And they're my guy, my right. friends. Yeah. And, of course, my family. Yeah. And my sons. Of course, I love being with my sons. I love being with my friends. Like the perfect day, as Christine Pitts would say, is sitting in the same chair and going from coffee to iced tea to wine in the same chair and I can't think of anything better than that with my friends and family and my fave guy there that you yeah. know I mean that's a that's a great day 
Yeah. Being with the people you love. Being with the people I, you I love. I think you definitely pass that on to me and on to anyone who's really mm-hmm. been a part of your life. Yes. All right, Mama. Next question. What is the key to being in your 60s but looking 35? Because it, it's common knowledge, Mom, that, you know, you, you are very healthy. You're very balanced. You're very... You, you just don't... Most of the t- Not all the time. Every time I've, mm-hmm. I've told people your age, not that it's really how old or... I'm trying to teeter the line here. But, Mom, you look young. You, you look healthy. You're, you are healthy. Blood work even shows that. What's the secret? We Good need genes. to know. Good genes. Well, Mom, that doesn't help anyone. <laughs> Good genes is the number one thing pretty good i mean good lifestyle but even with i know people with good lifestyles that still some succumb to 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 disease but i've i try to live a healthy lifestyle i can always be better i I need to exercise more i've always i eat pretty good but i think a lot of it is i'm i'm very happy i'm very blessed and i i think that helps everyone look better and feel better yeah so because when you're happy you're able to work effectively and love effectively and i think so yes i think you're much more you you're able things. to give of yourself which which a lot of happiness when you're happy it shows right you look better you feel better and uh, that that's huge it is huge mama it is so huge is there any like secret hack that you did that like changed mm-hmm. your life no, I've always been a student of health. I've always, uh, you know. Yeah. I have good physicians. I Don't um, keep food in the house. That's one trick, right? <laughs> one trick is do not keep food you like in the house, except little tiny peppermint patties. Yeah. If you like it, don't buy it because you're going to eat it at 10 o'clock at night when you want that little snack. If it's not there, you don't eat it. But, but other than that, I think I'm just, I'm just very lucky. I'm very fortunate. You are very fortunate, and I'm very fortunate to be your son, Mama. Thank you. And to cap it off, I want to ask, what is a valuable life lesson or quote that you can pass on to not only me, but to everyone out there listening? On the good old Hand Planet podcast. Well, I think the main life lesson, like I, I said that, that Grammy taught me very, very long, long time ago mm-hmm. was always do more than, than it's expected. I mean, you know, there are sayings that, you know, I think of that, um, you know, well done is better than well said. I think Ben Franklin said that. And uh, I think that's really, you know, important. And uh, I'll always, you know, feel very blessed and look at what you have, not what you don't have. Everything you have is is so big. And surround yourself with the people you love and care about. Amen to that, Mama. Amen. Amen to that. Yes. Okay. Fine. I, I think I said last question, but this yes. actually is the last question, Mama. Okay. Would you rather... Uh-oh. 
never drink red wine again or never this is just straight off the noggin straight off the dome but i have to get one would you rather in would you rather never drink red wine again or never be able to do dentistry again Oh, never drink red wine again. Yeah. So I love being a dentist. You know. I that. know you love both. I but I mean, I know you love Absolutely. dentistry. That, that, that wasn't even a hard one. No, one not a hard one. Hard one. Okay. Warren Buffett or Kathy Woods? What, which one I like? Yeah. Well, you know, I've heard more of Warren Buffett stuff. I've only heard Kathy a few times. We've got to give Kathy five years. Yeah. It's yeah, been yeah, yeah. tough year for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm here for Kathy, but yeah, Warren's time tested. Time tested. 108 years old, but still sharp as a knife. Yep. Just like you, Mom. Thank Just you. Just like you. 108, sharp as a knife. Well, you are sharp as a knife. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm not 108 yet. I do have a birthday soon. You do, in fact, have a birthday. A big birthday coming big up. Bir- well, not a big one. Ladies and gentlemen, on Monday, December. 20th mm-hmm. is the beloved Sandy Hem's birthday. So make sure you wish her a big old happy birthday. She loves it. Absolutely loves it. When I hit my nose against that. That's okay. Loves it when someone sings to her or she just loves any sort of love that you can throw her way because she deserves it all. I'm going to get to spend it with my three favorite guys. That's true. I'm excited. That is true. So, mark it in your calendars, ladies and gents. December 20th. Let Dr. Ham, Mama know. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Thank you. Well, Mama, I think um, what a fantastic episode. First episode done before noon. Thank you. We actually started at 9 a.m. Coffee. There was no twisted peas. Nope. There was no boozing. We were just we're, we're sharp mentally. Like it. That's how it's good to be. filled with love. Yes. And uh, we're feeling family strong. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Mama. Love you. Love you so much. And ladies and gents, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to do the Good Old Hand Planet podcast a favor. Click the Good Old Subscribe button. And... Um, Share it with your mom, your dad, your uncle, your neighbor, your best friend, everyone. Even even Rick down the street. Because you know what? Everyone needs a dose of the good vibes. Absolutely. And, um, with that being said, ladies and gents, we love you. We hope you go out to the world today. Have a fantastic day. Hope this episode serves as a pleasant reminder that there is so much wisdom and love that you can gain from your mother or your father by just sitting down and picking their brain. Mom, it's been it's been special. It's been an honor. Handshake, even though we rarely do that. Merry Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas. And um, adios. Hasta luego. We'll see you later.